Welcome to the Ed Milet Show. This podcast is for those who want to do more, see more, and be more. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. I'm so excited about today's program because I have one of the most inspirational people, I think, on earth today with me. And she was also, I always put these polls out to you guys saying, who do you want on my show? And there kept being this name come up, this beautiful name, by the way, Fallon Taylor. Fallon Taylor, get her on your show. And so I'm so excited that she's here today. This lady to my left is amazing. She's an incredible entrepreneur. She's got an amazing social media and YouTube presence, but she's probably best known for being a world barrel racing champion. And not only is that extraordinary, but she did that after breaking her neck and having a 2% chance to even ever walk again. And she comes back and wins the, what is really the World Series of Barrel Racing. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear this story. So thank you for being here, Thank Fallon. you so much. I really am excited to be here. I know, we've had good conversation off camera I get camera to be a too. part of the Max Out universe. You are in the universe now. I am now, loving it. And you fit in it, by thank the way. You. Because I put people, as you know, on the show who have sort of maxed out a part of their life. And everything about you is that way, from your marriage to your business ventures and ever since you were a little girl. So I wanna start talking about that. I wanna to get to, as I told you, I said, I wanna to get to the, the story story, but I want everyone to know the backdrop sure. too, because I'll bet you, of anybody I've had on my show before, you will be one that impacts people maybe the most, and that's hard to say, because I've so. had incredible guests, but I think the main reason is, I think most of my audience, they probably recognize your face, but they may not know your story and it's gonna move them. And I love holding up powerful women too. It's so. very cool to be able to, I think everybody has a story of loss or financial failure or mm. something physically that's gone really wrong. And mm. it's just pretty cool because um, I, while I think that, I think my parents think I'm pretty special, yeah. I'm just a chick with a horse. So it's really cool <laughs> to be able to hopefully inspire somebody today yeah. and, and change their life. You're gonna do that. And every, every extraordinary person that I interview doesn't know how extraordinary they are, but you are a <laughs> lot more than a chick with a horse. And I'm gonna prove that to you and them okay, as I cool. make you tell your own okay, story. Cool. So, But you're amazing. And so, what thing I noticed about you is how young you got into the sport, right? And this is a sport a lot of my audience probably isn't familiar with. So, tell us about how you started out in the sport in the first place, how young you were and how you even got into it. I have really cool parents and they had me very late in life. Okay. And my parents were really instrumental in just saying, you know, go for your dreams, do it, do it, do it. You mm. could be the president, you could oh. be an astronaut, you can do whatever you want. And so, they had me really late in life. I'm 18 and 16 years younger than my siblings. And wow. so, you know, I've just kind of was raised like an only child and they helped me to explore absolutely everything. Mm. And I saw the Mesquite Championship Rodeo, which is just a rodeo that was televised at the time mm -hmm. in our living room. And I said, I want to do that. I think I could I think I could do that. Hmm. Had you been on horses and stuff already? I, there was a Cowboys and Indians day at school, at the private school I went to in Tampa, okay. Florida. And that was the, that was no the extent of it. So my parents moved, actually had a manufacturing plant in Ponder, Texas, which okay. is 432 people. No way. There's nobody there. And it was the, it's only claim to fame as the first bank that Bonnie and, and Clyde robbed. And so that's all that's there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, they took me there, they bought me a horse and kind of the way that I do things is similar to how my parents do things. Um, we went to watch the rodeo in person okay. and my parents said, what does it take for her to be able to compete in this rodeo? Because this is what she thinks she wants to do. And they said, well, you need a horse <laughs> and you need to turn pro. Mm. And he said, well, what does it take to turn pro? And, and they said, well, for your minor league card, you just buy it. Okay. And so, so they bought it. They bought it and for so you. I was turned pro the next day. How old were you? Seven. 
Oh my so, God. Okay. So I didn't know anything. We didn't know which end of the horse to feed at this point. Are you, you know? ser like, seriously? No, seriously. Wow. So they got me a mentor and they got me a horse and mm. I turned pro and here we go. And I'm going to enter the Mesquite Championship Rodeo. And it was just very cool. Um, wow. My goal, my parents always wanted me to have a goal in mind. And my goal was um, to be the youngest person to ever qualify for the national finals rodeo. So okay. you've got to be top 15 in the world to qualify for okay. our Super Bowl or our yeah. World Series. And the youngest person at that point um, was 13. And so I ended up making it to the national finals rodeo at 13, just a few months shy. So I think we're like tied That's right amazing. in there. That's amazing. But that was my big goal. So I won my major league card at nine um, <laughs> by winning a rodeo. And then here we go. And I'm Were you good races. at first? Like you've never, you didn't know which end of the horse to feed. So like right when you started, did you have a natural giftedness for this? I, I really did have a mm. natural ability to it. I think that when I hear the term ignorance is bliss, I embody that so much because mm. I, I really just went, I, that's the thing I'm going to do. Yeah. So let's go do that thing. Mm. And I'm a bit of a cliff diver and I've been that way, you know, yes. from a very young age. And so I was like, let's do that. Okay. So I just did that. Let's see, that's it's a common trait. It's funny, everybody, you know, that's either listening or watching this. It keeps coming up on my show, and I'll, by the way, a lot more lately, where the people that I'm interviewing have become world-class. It's something they knew literally nothing about. That's interesting. It is, and I think it's this, some people develop the belief that they don't have to know everything to start. And I think that's one of the things that holds back so many of my guests, or my, excuse me, not my guests, so many of the, the people watch my show, that they keep waiting around until this perfect moment to try. The ducks never get in a row. Yeah. They never, you were always living in some sort of chaos, yeah. I, I feel like, and there's some beautiful things that can come out of that, but yeah. the ducks never get in a row. Yeah. Did you, and so you get to the top 15, I totally agree with you, you get to the top 15, you're 13, was this one of these things like there's a lot of pressure on you all the time as a kid, or did you just have fun and your parents were like, hey, if you don't want to do it anymore, you're They out. said at any moment you want to quit, be done. Mm. My parents were so, so amazing to me. So mm. I never felt any pressure. Um, you know, a big thing was there was no social media. Yeah. So I probably didn't hear all of the things that, you know, mm. backlash that you may get now if you were doing the same thing, but I never really received any of that. And, and, you know, I wasn't necessarily one of the cool kids. Mm. So I always was somebody that was kind of on the outskirts of things. You mm. know, I had, I had adults try to mess with me before competition wow. because we were on the same level. You know, the association tried to develop a rule against me so that I wouldn't be able to compete. So there's a lot of things that, you know, I just kind of went, okay, well, I guess we'll try this other thing, or I guess we'll just go a little harder in this direction. Yeah. You remind me almost, I just interviewed my really good friend, Sean White. And now that I'm hearing the story, you're almost like the Sean White of barrel racing because it was so young. Like he turned pro right. at seven years old. Right, and he was competitive at the same age. But his this is such a great lesson for the parents. Main thing he pointed out to me was all the things his parents sacrificed, like yours right. did for you. But also that they they did remind him, hey, if you don't want to do this anymore, you don't have just to. be done. Yeah, they yeah. never wanted me to regret anything, and they always told me, try everything, hmm. do it. You know, go go leave and do whatever it is that you want and hmm. explore. And I thought that was really really cool. So for my, I do too. So for my people that, that the people watching this that don't know the sport, when you say you turn pro at thirteen, because you just said adults, I just want to make sure I'm picturing. So as a 13 or say 14 year old girl, you were could, would you compete at that time against people just your own age or were you competing against adults at that age? So the, the, the age that everybody is on average when you're at that level is 35 and above. Oh my so gosh. Even Wait, at so are seven, you, you know, it's still I'm competing against, you know, 35 and above. That's about the average. You are know, you kidding me? There's younger people and now, you know, people turn 
pro a lot younger. The mm-hmm. rule now is in place that you have to be 18 before you can turn pro. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to hold that record for a long absolutely. time. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's the rule. And um, so now you're seeing 18 year olds kind of go after and pursue some things. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the doors that I busted down, yeah. other people are able to walk through now in that sport. Are you, um, that's incredible. I, I'm just processing, picturing this 14 year old girl competing against a 37 year old woman or something in the same category. That blows my mind. So you compete, you get, you're, you become a very well-known figure in that sport for a long time. And then there becomes this point, I think, where you're just sort of didn't, you, did you burn out? Did you? I, I just kind of think that I was, I was pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I saw some interviews of me at 14 years old where mm-hmm. I was like, I want to win the world title. I want to win, win the world title. And when I got reasonably good, mm-hmm. I think that success to me, I thought would bring something else. I think for me, I thought success was going to make all my other problems go away or I was going to be one of the cool kids or people would be more accepting of me being not like everyone else or I would, I would start to feel certain things or all my money problems would be gone or all these other things would be gone once I reached a, a level of success. And once you get halfway there, you realize, okay, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Whoa. And so for me, then my parents with my journey, they, they were like, whatever it is that you want to do. So I was like, well, I've got this, this model scout that told me I could go be a model in New York. So I get on a plane. I, 17, I moved to New York. And then, you know, 19, I moved to LA. And I just kind of jumping all over the place. Whoa. And I always came back to horses. Always came back. So that's an interesting thing, though. I want to talk about that just for a second because I didn't know we were going to go there. I'm glad you said it. I think a lot of people think, hey, if I can just get this house or I can get this part of my career, I can get this promotion, I can get this relationship, all the other things I don't feel good about in my life are going to miraculously go away. I'll love my body. I'll have great finances. I'll drive the right car. Mm. And when you are, I think, an outsider of something or a game changer in something or you're revolutionary in something, you're not meant to be like everyone else. And I think that there's extraordinary people everywhere, everywhere. You know, I think that there's light within every single person. They've got mm. some extraordinary feature that so you can emphasize and they can come out of them. And I, I know that because I've walked all these various different little careers that I was like, I'm going to dabble in mm-hmm. that, see what that's like. Mm-hmm. And you can have such amazing things happen in those places and never get the results that you really thought you wanted until you're in the space that you're actually meant to be in. Oh my gosh. I've had a lot of people sitting here. No one's ever said that to me before. Uh, can I, just, I just want to repeat this because if someone's driving, they just missed the brilliant thing you just said. But like, you're not supposed to be like everybody else. Right. Like the fact that you are different or you are on the outside or you do feel insecure. I wish someone would have told me that. Like seriously. Me too. No, one, no one's ever said that here either. Like, hey, you're not supposed to be like everybody. The fact that maybe they do ridicule you or you do feel different is the special in you. That's your sauce. That's the sauce. That's the sauce. Oh my God. The part of you that is like, I don't want anybody to know this skeleton. I don't want anybody to know that while I'm going down the alleyway about to make a run in front of thousands of people that I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want anybody to know that. If I just tell the world, I have no clue what it is that I'm doing and I still think that I can do something really dynamic here, Mm. then that's the coolest part. I want to just make a plug of what you just did there too. Like that's why I love your social media. It's one of the things like once I found out who you were, and then I went to sort of explore your message and what you do. And I say this as a friend, your husband's sitting right over here to my right, so, and my wife's a fan of yours too. I fell in love with you. I'm like, I love her vulnerability. 
I love the fact that even with her fans, the way she's engaged, you engage, you just tell the truth about how you really feel. And that's why I want you all following her on Instagram and our YouTube channel, which we'll talk about at the end too. But like, that's what makes you special. What's it feel like? I'm just curious, give us the feeling. Cause you said you're in the arena. It's like, you know, gladiator times or whatever, right before you go, like, what is that like? Are you nervous? Are you like, I'm gonna blow this? I'm, what, what's the, do you have a routine? Like what I happens? I have so many routines. So yeah. one of them is visualization. Okay. And I always, before I run, mm. envision, and this may seem silly, mm. what I'm gonna post on Instagram about my win. Okay. Or what, what I'm going to call home and tell mom and dad. Mm. What is it that I'm gonna do to celebrate this victory? Mm. And then I also tell myself, why not me? Why not me? Because I get in the back and I look around at the fresh faces. Mm. You know, there's always new people that are, you know, they're on the come up, they're on the rise, mm -hmm. and, and they're they're the new hot thing. Mm -hmm. And I watch them and they're on a winning streak and they're doing everything amazing. And I walk around and I think, man, you know, I've gotten busy with life. I'm not training 20 hours a day like I used to, or 10 hours a day. And mm. I look around at my competitors, and of course I do the human thing. Yeah. I look around and I go, that one can eat me, and that one can eat me, and that one can eat me, and I'm so scared, and I'm gonna die, and that one can eat me. <laughs> and then I go for a second, I'm like, whew, okay, why not me? You know, I'm a million dollar barrel racer. I've broken my neck, I learned to walk again. They've never done anything like that. Why not me? Mm. And I go through all the reasons why it should be me that could be the winner. Mm. And then I wanna determine what would success actually mean to me? Wow. What is it? Because is it winning every single time? Mm. Because that's unrealistic and mm. perfection is so lazy. Yes. Perfect run every time is so, that's such a lazy aspiration that would never, never, never get us to anywhere. So mm. what about, you know, making a really clean solid run or what about placing or what about breaking the arena record whatever that victory is to me i want to live up to my own standards and not to the standards that someone else has laid in place because you can get so easily disappointed oh my gosh this is so good like Thanks. like <laughs> i don't normally react like that but like <laughs> like um I, this is why i think you, you you know everybody you're gonna be able to get access to her through her social media for her to come speak or do events with her too like this is why i think you're like going to be one of the most phenomenal speakers Thank too you but I wanna go back and repeat something because there's I'm learning things when I do my show because it's funny, like I'm paid to coach athletes or to coach right. successful people, and but I'm learning. And so I just wanna say, tell you something you said there that isn't shocking to me when you said, it sounds crazy, but I think about what my post on Instagram is gonna look like. And right. it's interesting, Sean White also, who everyone's seen that interview now, he said, he goes, it's funny, but I actually picture the celebration. Yes. I picture what I'm wearing in the award ceremony. Same. I picture all these things. <laughs> And I did that too in my sport and I do it in business as well. This is a huge key for everybody when people say, hey, you need to visualize. It's not just visualizing the execution of whatever it is you think you need to do. Right. It's visualizing the celebration repeatedly over and over Isn't too. Isn't there, I mean, you do this. Yep. Isn't there a chemical reaction that we have when the body experiences the same butterflies of, yes. of experiencing the celebration, right? Yes. And yeah. so I read a lot, I'm a nerd. Yeah. Yes, you're exactly right. Figured and, that out. And, and what happens too is that your body seeks to come back to its home base. And so the more you do visualize it, I also talked about this with people too. Your brain moves towards that which it's most familiar with. So if you're feeding to yourself this repeated image of the celebration, your brain and your body want to work in coherence to help you repeat that thing they're familiar okay. with. So it's huge that you just said that. And it's one of the reasons the show's so amazing for me because it's a chance to actually get in the mind of like right. someone who's world-class maxing out at something and what do they really think about? And it's not always just visualizing the run. Right. It's visualizing the celebration. That's just, it's incredible. Because you're you always going to have the moment where you feel like you shouldn't be there. Mm. You're always going to be in presence of someone that you feel like 
is better than you at something or that they can accomplish more than you can accomplish. And there's every reason in the world for a woman to feel insecure in this day and age. Mm. We've created that, mm. you know, online and through social media. So of course that's the first go-to that you have. Mm. And then if you can just train yourself, the second thing is, okay, all of that aside, why not me? And why not that moment? If I can draw this picture that's so terrifying, why can't I draw a celebratory picture too? Oh boy, this is so good, okay. So guys, now here we go. Just so you know, if you're driving the car, you need to grip your steering wheel a little bit tighter because this is about to get really good, like really hugely inspiring. If you're on the treadmill at the gym, you're about to go from level seven to level 10 like that. <laughs> and if you're watching YouTube, this is the part where you bring your kids in the room and you say, watch this, okay? So so tell them what happens. You've, you're starting to make your comeback. guys. This is is one of the most amazing stories you're going to hear. So you're making your comeback and what happens? Well, I'd like to tell you my mantra of it's gonna get rocky and I'm mm -hmm. gonna tell you the mantra that my dad told me the whole time throughout my entire career and me being very risky was, whatever you do, don't end up in a hospital because you'll die in there. Wow. And I, you know, it just kind of rang in my head because I was riding dangerous horses and I was doing a lot of training and then I started training around the clock because of the weather and I needed my bills paid and mm -hmm. I'm riding, riding, riding and um, taking chances that I shouldn't have had to take, you mm -hmm. know, just because I was not understanding my growth and I wasn't understanding my contribution and so I was training really late at night in August in 2009 and I'm riding this horse that's fine, everything's fine, we're training, everything's normal, um, my poor staff member was there with her boyfriend and it's just us lonely at night lights on in the arena and and i'm going to train this horse and as i was taking off around the arena um this horse slipped kind of in a mud puddle and it was not a big deal you know whatever he slips and he was feeling frisky and you kind of know that when a horse behaves a certain way he's feeling a little frisky i should have known better i should have taken more precautions but i didn't it's what i do for a living what's the big deal and I start laughing, I start giggling, and this horse starts to buck. And when I say buck, you know, horses can play and buck, and they can crow hop and buck. This horse did something that's like a wild instinct. So he reared up, when he did, he broke all the bones on this side of my face. And when he came down to the ground, I'm still laughing. I'm like, okay, whatever. And you know, in the cowboy industry, it's, you gotta be tough, you know? And so I start to pull this horse up, and as I do, um, he hits me in the head again, and I skull fracture in four places. Of course I don't know this. And of course I'm not wearing a helmet, because that's just not the cool, tough thing to do. And he begins to buck a little bit more, and I just decide that I'm gonna pick a place off over here to jump off, um, which is a terrible idea. Okay. But I picked a place to kind of jump off, and when I did, he kicked my feet <clears throat> about 13 or 14 feet in the air, oh and I landed straight down on my head. My legs just kind of flopped over. Mm -hmm. And I was unable to move. I was paralyzed right in that moment. And mm. what a mm. tough place to be in, mm. you know, because I was in this horrible relationship and in a spot where I'm like, who's gonna save me? Mm. You know, so all I have is my career. Mm. If I get hurt, I can't make a living. Mm. How am I gonna take care of myself? I'm in this horrible place. How am I gonna get up? Mm. I gotta get up. Mm. And so, my friend came over, I was strapped down to a picnic table because I was too cheap to ride in an ambulance. <laughs> so I get taken in a pickup truck on mm -hmm. a, on a, in a pickup truck on a picnic table to the hospital and mm -hmm. I get there and I start joking with the, the staff because mm -hmm. it's just my way. Mm -hmm. And the lady in the front desk, um, my friend went in and asked for a gurney. Mm -hmm. And she said, 
you don't need a gurney. That girl's out there telling jokes, quit being so dramatic. So my friend that was a, a paramedic, they take me in and they finally get me a gurney. I could have I walked, I think, I think I could have. But when I got through the MRI machine and, and joking with the, um, the doctor that was helping me, I kept telling him, you know, Hooters closes in 15 minutes and we're really mm. close now. Like, mm. let's go get some food. Mm. Tell me I have a concussion. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And he came back in the room. He said, you have a 2% chance to live. Oh my God. And he said, it's really been touching to get to know you. But he <sighs> said, the plane's running and you have 13 minute flight to think about your life. And I hope that you really take that time mm to think about what you're gonna do now because you're never gonna ride horses again. Wow. And mm. I'll never forget getting, I'll never, I don't know why I remember the guy's names. Mm. They were two guys named Russell that carried me <laughs> to mm. the plane and had me on this, you know, in the sea collar and strapped to the table and I get to- Can someone get me some tissue, please? Someone grab one, thank you. Yeah. Um, I get to the hospital room and there, there's a whole nother story. Um, in the hospital, but I was told again, I have a 2% chance to live, that I would mm. never walk again. The neurosurgeon told me I was an absolute idiot for riding horses. Thank you. They don't stop, they come down and it's over. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had a second to think, and all I could think of was my dad telling me, you know, you're gonna die in a hospital. You can't, oh don't die in a hospital. And I'm like, oh, it's this mm. crazy superstition that you're gonna die in a hospital. Mm. And I wake up the next day heavily drugged, mm. obviously with a halo on. Wow. I had a girlfriend in the hospital tell me they're gonna offer you two scenarios. You can get the surgery with the box in your neck mm. or you can get the halo. They're gonna shave your head. You're gonna have holes in your head. She said, go that way. I've seen this go a bunch of different ways. So when the doctor came in, I started bawling and I was like, I want the halo. You know, all I can think of is this cage on my head. I want the halo. At this point, I've called my mom and dad and told them that I was in a fender bender oh my God. because they're with their grandkids in California. And I'm like, I'm in a fender bender. Everything's fine. Amazing. It's all fine. It's going to be fine. Amazing. And I've got to figure out a way to get out of this hospital. So I get these nurses that come in and I say, hey, how can I get out of here? Because now I've got this real embedded childhood fear that I'm going to die in a hospital. <laughs> and I've got a damn good chance at this point with the situation I'm in. It's true. I right. could die in here. <laughs> right. So um, shout out to all the amazing medical professionals because it's mm. just my own superstition. They did an, an amazing course. job. One came in, I said, I need to get out of here. And she laughed at me and she said, well, you know, when you can walk from one end of the hall to the other, then they'll let you out. Mm. Um, but you're not going to do that. Um, you got a long time. You need to settle in. You've got about six months. You're going to be here. Mm. So the next nurse came in and she said, she laughed at me and she goes, you know, she's writing, oh, you've got six months. You know, you mm. just like settle in. And then the next lady came in really late on shift and she was amazing. And if I could find her, I would give mm. her everything I've got. Mm. She came in and I said, how do I get out of here? I, I got to get out of here. Like I really got to get out of here. And she said, well, you walk to the end of the hall and you come back, you can get out. And I said, well, Let's do that. How do we do that? Wow. And she, said, <laughs> she said, well, you, you got to get up. And the, the big risk is, you know, if and when you fall down, you know, you can wiggle your fingers and toes and that's good. Mm -hmm. But when you get up, it's not going to feel like you thought it was. And you got all this equipment on your head. You're going to hit the ground and then you could die. Mm. And I was like, well, they've given me terrible odds at this point. So what the hell? And it wow. was just wow. very cool. This lady 
that moment, I, she has no idea what she did for me because she's just like, just, well, you know, I'm willing to try it. So she takes the belt and she ties it to the ceiling mm -hmm. and I get up and I fall down just like she said I would. And then she said, if you just put one foot in front of the other, you know, you can get down to the end of the hall and it could take you months, but mm -hmm. we're going to try it. Wow. It took me about an hour and a half mm -hmm. and, um, I got up and down the end of the hall mm -hmm. and I took all the people that, that didn't believe me, you know, the lady at the front desk and the nurses that came in and, and I said, tomorrow I'm going to deliver flowers to each and every one of you guys because you didn't believe. And maybe I can change your mind because other people are going to come in here Oh my gosh. and they need to know they can walk. And so the next day I gathered up all my strength. Mom at this point knows that mm -hmm. I've had, I've been structurally destroyed is mm -hmm. what I was told. She got called from actually a newspaper outlet that was mm -hmm. interviewing for um, rodeo publication that had leaked my medical records. So my parents found out in that way. So now I've got to do damage control and learn to walk. And I told mom, I said, we got to go to the florist. I made him a promise. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really cool scene to watch all of these people that just didn't believe instead of me being angry at these people that didn't believe in my journey mm -hmm. to just shine a light on it and show them a different way. So I went and got floral arrangements for every single person that told me I couldn't do it. And I walked in there and I walked to each of their offices and wow. I, I, I think hopefully I gave them a gift that they can always have. Wow. You're that, amazing. <laughs> that they, you may not believe how I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, but it gave me a lot of clarity too. Wow. Sometimes you're just not asking the right person. Wow. You know? I, you, wow. I think, uh, I think everybody should just literally go back and listen to all of this again. Thank you. You make this, honestly, I'm going to tell you something. This is like such a blessing to be here with you. Thank you. It's a blessing Thank to be you. here with you. Thank you. I'm, I'm really moved right now. Thank and you. And I'm trying to not get too moved so that I can still ask you questions. <laughs> but It has uh, a happy ending. I know. It's and, such a happy ending. <laughs> it, but it's a, I know we're going to go to there, but it's a happy ending because of everything you just said. That there's, there's so many things in there that we all have these people who don't believe in us and we're scared and... And they're but, scared too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're scared to tell me I can walk down the hall because they know I can't. They're scared too. And maybe that's true for so many people where you have these people in your life that are close to you that are, are maybe pulling you down. Maybe they're just scared for you. Maybe they're scared for them that you're gonna leave them too, right? Absolutely. And everything that you have. And I, I just want to acknowledge you like you're freaking amazing. You. Like you're amazing. And... Um, I just, now, just to be clear with everybody, this break was very serious, very similar to Christopher Reeve, right? And I mean, it, not right. all that dissimilar injury, correct? It's not, it's the same injury. Same so injury. when you break your C2, that's what controls your head going left or mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. um, and you have a very, very, very small chance yeah. of making it out on the other side. With a lot of neck breaks, this would be the, the one that you really don't want um, you know, to happen. Unbelievable, I'm picturing you there. I mean, you tell the story so well, I can actually picture you. And uh, I'm so proud of you. I mean, you're just, you. you're just remarkable. And um, everybody that just heard this, I told them they were gonna be moved, but I didn't even know <laughs> until you told it in front of me how much it would move me. Um, it puts in perspective so many things that I think are big obstacles in my life that really aren't. Sure. And so many things that I think are a really big deal and they're not, and that is a big deal. You wake up and wiggle your fingers and your toes tomorrow, you're gonna be like, oh, okay. My okay. gosh. <laughs> just We're a, all okay. Just amazing. And so now, it gets actually more amazing now. Thank so you. you, yes. You go through the process of rebuilding yourself, 
And then you make the crazy decision, it would seem to me, to actually get back on a horse again, right? So what was that like? And what was the first time like, if you don't mind sharing that? It was as well? horrible. And okay. I would love to share it. I was like okay. Ricky Bobby in the race car. <laughs> I'm killing it. And then, <laughs> and then you look over and people are like, yeah, you're doing really great, sweetie. You're walking. This is oh, great. Really? Really? And so I thought, you know, learning to walk again is, is pretty big hurdle. It's pretty tough. Yeah. And then learning to ride again and, and you get over the, the path that, okay, I'm going to do this again. And mm. the neurosurgeon's telling me I shouldn't do this again. Sure. Okay. Now I'm going to wear some helmets. Wow. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to wear a helmet and I'm going to, I'm going to actually do this thing the right way. Mm. And then I started thinking about, I wonder if other people have had these things and I start to read everybody's story and I start to wonder if the human mind can comprehend getting up and walking out of a hospital when you've been told a 2% chance, maybe I can go back to 14 year old me that wanted a world title and let's do this thing and let's actually give it a shot. And I thought if I can have a, a goal big enough that makes my future look brighter than my past, then that will keep me hooked towards something that I want so badly, you know, because we're all going to lose and you're going to suck and you're going to go broke doing it. And you're going to have people that don't want you to do it. And you're going to fail ultimately and keep getting up and dust off and fail. But if the thing is so bright that you have to walk toward it, you'll stay hooked. Hmm. And I stayed hooked and I had a horse in my front pasture, just a small brief run down at a horse in my front pasture that the trainer told me nobody could ride. And I thought, well, that would be pretty cool. I'm going to go get that one. Oh my gosh. So I got that horse that was raised on my place. And, um, I actually, her, her mom and dad yeah. was the horses I went to the national finals on when I was a kid. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to ride this thing. And I trained her. And within a year we were already fighting for another another chance back to the national finals rodeo what which is just unheard of and she's just been is this baby flow this is baby flow okay so that was a really cool part of my journey and then i hit another road bump just what i think everybody does um i qualified for the national finals rodeo in 2013 and here i am i'm ready to go and i'm going to show the world and yeah. i go in and i was terrible Mm. on TV 10 mm. days in a row it was just the worst ever really? and I thought well there went the walking miracle thing like now they're just like she's a walking miracle that doesn't ride very good <laughs> oh my gosh here we go okay it's pretty big walking miracle to be there but to I understand there. what a letdown here not I to go, perform because I've best. got this career and you know yeah. people have known that I've already been and mm. here's my comeback 20 years later 25 years later whatever it is mm -hmm. and boom and I'm terrible Mm. at this on this big platform and and I thought man I've got to do this better so was that what you were thinking stay there so at better. the time but were you super depressed super bummed out for a while I just want to have people understand so the what this season like. the season ends September 30th or is it September 31st September end of September yeah. okay October 1st it it begins mm. so you have a 24-hour span mm to be really depressed mm -hmm. or get it together. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment, I was like, okay, I've got to do this again. Mm. I got to do this again. And um, I want to show my parents what my horse can do. Mm. And if I just put that, that is my big mm. light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe I put that in front of the world title. Maybe I just scale it back. Okay. Maybe I just do this one thing of just, I want to show my face on TV again, mm. running my horse, as this person with this cool comeback story mm. and I want to make a difference and I want to show that wow. nobody show me stats, nobody show me numbers, mm. nobody talk about anything. I qualified back third in the world, 
the girl that was winning it was a sure thing. Okay. Second place was the sure thing. Third place was the girl that blows it on TV. <laughs> but okay. let's all feel sorry for her, you know, because the next thing. <laughs> so mm. I come back and, and I decided that I'm going to put my head down and I don't want to talk about anything but just focusing on one foot in front of the other just like I did okay. before because that's been my formula. Literally like learning to Literally, walk Literally one foot in front of the other. Mm. So I get on my horse. Round one comes. I've never won a round at the National Finals Rodeo at this point. I've made like 50 runs okay. in that arena. Never won. I've placed, Before done well. breaking your neck. Before you know. breaking my neck. Yep. Done good. Yep. My 51st run, I win it. I told all my staff, all my friends, everybody, I said, let's go home, wrap it up. I don't yeah. want to make the other nine runs. Right, right, <laughs> done. Right, Victory. Right. Let's go. Amazing. Yeah. So then I thought, well, if we just keep doing this one foot in front of the other thing, hmm. let's just keep doing that. So run by run, the sure thing girl just starts slipping down the pack. Boom, boom, boom. And then here I am. And of course, you know, there's people that love you and hate you in sports. Sure. So I'm getting, you know, people that think I'm ridiculous mm -hmm. and people that think that I'm great and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It's mm -hmm. polarizing. It's fun for the fans. Mm -hmm. But the sure thing, second place girl, she's really a sure thing. Mm -hmm. And she just starts going and she's doing great. I'm doing great. And I look up to her so much. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's cool for us to be kind of in this battle. And um, something I've never said before, I think on any of my social media is mm -hmm. that the 10th round that would determine the champion. She came up to me and she shook my hand and she said, well, you've done really great. And um, I'm just super excited for you. And I thought, I just won the world title because I realized that she hadn't celebrated yet. And I already had. And in my mind, I had my outfit picked out and I was gonna be wearing gold because the gold buckle and I was gonna be the gold title holder and I would have this gold. And I, I knew that when I walked in, I would jump up and down mm -hmm. and I would have this um, gold buckle in my hand. And I was like, wow, if I just don't mess this up, mm -hmm. this, is gonna, this is gonna work. Mm -hmm. And I went in, she made a beautiful run, mm -hmm. it was great. And they swung the gate open for me to go. And my dad's standing right beside me. And I was like, man, this would be a really bad time to screw this up, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just put one foot in front of the other. Mm. Don't try anything fancy. And I think that's been something that I've held with me so long that's so effective. Mm. Go in and I made my run and I come out and I look at the board and I'm the winner. I'm the winner. And of course I lose it and I'm losing it. And the cameras are coming and the, mm. you know, ESPN's here and mm. CBS is here and all of them are coming around. And I look at my dad and he was like, you just, you just won the world. Oh and I was like, I'm going to go jump on that stage just like I did in my head really quick. Oh and it was so cool. And they, you know, whisk me off and here I go down into the bottom and, and, uh, just a <laughs> funny, so funny cool. story is the security guard said, you didn't win it. They made a mistake. It's someone else. And I was like, someone needs to give me a bucket because oh. I am for sure going to vomit oh right God. now. <laughs> oh and they came back and said, it's amazing. Um, we actually give the victory lap to the person that wins the average and you didn't win the average, but you won the world. Wow. And it's such a cool thing because in my mind, I was shooting for the average mm -hmm. and I wanted to win this, you know, the mm -hmm. aggregate. I mm -hmm. wanted to be the most consistent person because that's what everybody told me I couldn't be. Uh -huh. And I ended up with the world title. So yeah, you don't always get what you want. Sometimes you get something so much cooler. So much better. So it's yeah. gotta be, I mean, listen, first it should be a movie. Thank you. I mean, for sure. <laughs> and all of my producer friends that are watching this, like, hello, about to give you your Instagram in a minute. It should be a movie. It's an unfreaking believable story. Like, like even hearing it now, look at me. Like I'm just <laughs> It's so remarkable what you've achieved and, and, and still continue to achieve too. But I just got to tell you, like, just so you know, I've had a, just for me, like, this is such a gift for me. 
Like I, I do shows and I love doing them, but today is a gift for me. Like you're remarkable. You inspire me, the story, the way you tell it. I can't wait for this to go to your audience and people to see it because I, I know somebody is struggling. Well, of course they are. Yeah. And like you embody, see some people, like I talk about these things, right. that's great. You embody it, you've lived it, you are it. Like it's, you, you're evidence of it. Like you're living proof that the things you teach and talk about are real. Right. Like there's someone right next to me right now who's living proof. <laughs> that you can accomplish anything, that you were washed up in your mind, you were a has-been, it was over. There's then so many things I believed about myself that I hear people go, I'm too old, and I go, well, how old are you? 21, and I'm like, what is wrong right. with the world? Like, no, you're fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody at 95 is too old to do something really cool with mm. their life. Do you struggle, let's go through some things about you. Like, it's hard to move off that, just to be honest with you. Like. <laughs> um, I'm actually right on the verge right here. I'm trying to not do what you're doing, so. Um, I'm waterworks, so I, I can know. keep us going all day. Well, one of us have to not be, right? <laughs> <laughs> it should be my turn, by the way. I should be allowed to. Um, on the inside, I certainly am. My audience knows me well enough, too. By the way, I, 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 I must tell you that it's just, it's remarkable to me the way that you just articulate it, too. It's Thank so you. beautiful. But um, you, though, let's talk about you for a minute, because I think both men can relate to what you're gonna talk about here in a minute, too, but really women can, right. too. You strike me as I've gotten to know you a little bit that you still do struggle with some of these things, whether it be your maybe even which is amazing, but even some of your own confidence even to this day. Of is course. that is that true? And and how is, tell them a little bit about that part of you still and how you navigate through confidence it. is something that I think everyone when you walk into a space you can feel somebody really confident coming mm -hmm. out of that space and. When I help people, whether it be with horses mm -hmm. or with anything that I help with, the first thing that I find is that they believe something that's so wildly untrue about themselves and it's so deeply ingrained in themselves mm -hmm. that they just, they, they can't get away from that belief of themselves. Mm -hmm. And for mine it was, I'm too old to make a comeback mm -hmm. or I'm too injured to get to the gym mm -hmm. or um, you know I've already accomplished all that I can accomplish anyway. Or for me it's like, oh well I always need to have a six pack and be in perfect professional athletic shape. Mm -hmm. And what's so untrue about that is how many people would love to have my body type? How many people would love to be in my position? How mm -hmm. many people, if dealt my hand, could play it so much better. Mm -hmm. How many people, um, you know, if you just take a look around at people that I'm able to help, you know, I've, I've helped people that weren't even able to leave their home really? that just need inspiration to be able to, they were, you know, in such a place with their obesity that they're not able to even stand up. Wow. How do you tell that person that mm -hmm. you don't feel great about your body? Mm -hmm. How do you tell that person that you're not able to take advantage of all the opportunities in your life? Wow. There's always somebody in your position, there's people that I've met with um, without limbs yep. that are doing more than I've been able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So in your position, what are those things that have tied you to that thought that have kept you from where you're going? It's like the elephant tied to the chair, you know? Yes. Yes. Why is it the elephant can just walk away? Yeah, and, and he's get so used to believing he can't, he right. stays right there. Right. You, um, you talk a little bit about some of the things you've transitioned. So then that happens. Right. And then what I think is remarkable about you, and I bet maybe this has happened, but then it's got to be now you got to find the next identity. Right. Right. It's like you get to different levels in life, and, and that could be someone could be listening and say that what I, my dream was always to become a mother, let's say, just pick something. And I've become a mother, and I'm a world class mother. 
and, and it's the most fulfilling thing you'll ever do. Or maybe it's a business you want to start and you, now you've got that business. But all of us need to be searching for that next identity, that next thing we're chasing. Life is about the chase to an extent, right? Like It's always growth and contribution, growth and contribution. Hmm. If I can continue to grow, then I can continue to contribute. And that's hmm. where the real fulfillment comes from because if I go see my name in lights and I win the world title, well, guess what? At midnight that night, Pro Rodeo was on a search for a new world champion mm. after that. And I woke up that next morning after I won the world like, okay, well now you've caught the tiger. You yeah. caught the bear. Yeah. Now what do you do? Yeah. And I went into a horribly dark, depressive Did state. You? Yeah. Horrible. And then I started to research athletes. Mm-hmm. And I saw this cycle right. of they've won, you know, you see people that mm-hmm. have won amazing things and then they just, mm-hmm. you know, they just puddle. Yes. And it's because you catch the tiger, you catch the bear, mm-hmm. and then you're like, well, what do I feed it now? <laughs> what what right. do I do with this thing? I thought that all of those problems would go away. I yeah. thought that I would have the perfect relationship by mm-hmm. now, or I thought I would have the dream car mm-hmm. by now, or I thought all these things would just magically line up. There's no limo waiting for you mm-hmm. when you finally reach that mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. You're still gonna have people, the person that, that didn't think you could accomplish anything, once you accomplish it, will say, but I can't, I, I bet you can't do it five times. Yep, yep. Well, why would I try that? Yeah. You know, why would I do that? Yeah. So I think in the, in the space of one foot in front of the other, I started to have to get myself out of this really dark space. So I started to just work on making sure that I was okay. You know, hmm. making sure that I've gone through all the strength. I know how strong I am. Let me go back and put some, instead of band-aids on these bullet wounds of my relationships or hmm. my finances or hmm. what I really want to do or could I actually help other people do this? Mm-hmm. When I started to really mend that yes. and put some buttons on some things that really need to be taken care of, I found so much more fulfillment. Ooh. When I found true fulfillment, and I continue to find it, you know, it's never done. Yeah. It's never done. You mm-hmm. know, you do this show, it's fabulous, it's mm-hmm. amazing, everybody's learning so much. Mm-hmm. But then there will come a point when you're like, I'm gonna feel fulfilled some other way. I'm gonna Correct. do some other thing that's gonna make me feel really great. Maybe it's spending time with family or yep. going to you know your place in Idaho that you you're love re- so much. It's the same mind. thing. Yep. And but, that's, you, but you found the formula, let me just tell you. It's growth and contribution. It is. And I want to say something that you said. I'm so glad you just said this, particularly for the female listeners and watchers. And that is, I, you ladies especially, but there's a lot of dudes like this too. But ladies, you don't take care of yourself. Right. You're always caring for other people. You're expending all of your energy for the people that you love and the people that you're caring for. Or you're expending the energy on the things about yourself that you don't love yet, right? Self-care. Like whether it's like, I mean, it could be simple. Like just like read a great book and relax. Take a bath. Do something kind for yourself. Absolutely. Get a massage. If you don't have any money, give yourself the gift of meditating or taking or a walking. walk. Yeah, right? absolutely. Isn't that true? Because a lot of your followers are women. I found a lot of really great free drugs, basically. Okay. okay. Because I'm not a drinker. You know, I know I, you're I'm not. I tried to get her to have a drink before, <laughs> so I didn't. Very straight laced. Yeah. Found free drugs. You know, there's all sorts of things like, dopamine from things we love yes. or endorphins from working out mm-hmm. all of these things that i can get from fulfilling myself and especially for the female audience you know mm-hmm. i think that it's we're we're meant to be nurturers yes. and homemakers and mm-hmm. we're meant to be people that are always fulfilling everyone else's needs and just mm-hmm. like you said if mm-hmm. we don't take care of ourselves mm-hmm. Those people don't get the parts of us that they love yep. and there's nothing worse than trying to love a woman that's 20 percent herself 
or 10% herself or 5% herself. You can be a mother and you can be beautiful or you mm. can be a mother and you can be somebody that expresses yourself through all the arts and crafts that people told you to put away and become an adult mm. or you can do all of those things but the real contribution back if you really want to be nurturing and you really want to give the most to your family is to give them you at 100 percent oh wow give them your full version so totally amazingly agree with you and i can see uh 99 of the women nodding their head going on right. with you and then there's the one percent of the ladies are going well, that's not me you know i'm in a career well th take a look at your career like i bet you at your career you're nurturing and taking care of the people around you yeah. caring about them loving them doing three people's jobs and covering up for the people who don't work so it's you Absolutely. too girl trust me it's something and by the way men have this as well but it is more i'm so glad you said it because Oftentimes, super achiever women often aren't willing to express that thought to other women. And so it's wonderful that you give people that gift. So what did happen? Because you become really successful. Guys, I want to tell you something. She creates some of the best social media stuff I see. Thank you. Because it's, it's one, it's you document your life, but you also give value. Those of you that are listening or watching this, you go, my gosh, this woman is a treasure chest of personal development and goal setting and visualization and achievement and happiness, which is why I'm strongly, I'm gonna keep encouraging you. I want you speaking. I want you in front of crowds. I want people seeing you. So please engage. First off, but we have more to cover here, but I don't like to wait to the end. Where, they're all right now, where, and we'll put this on the screen on YouTube, but where should they be finding you? Where's your social media best place? The best place you guys can find me is on Instagram. I'm mm -hmm. at Fallon Taylor too on Instagram. So follow me there. Every single day I try to give a nugget in my story just to keep you inspired and hooked for the day. So think of me as the second thing to your coffee. I love that. And her YouTube is awesome, you guys. Thank like you. it's it's so it's beautiful too because you get to see parts of someone's life that you really don't always get to see. It not everybody's in your sport. Not everybody kind of gets to have the interaction with the horses that you have and the other things you do. So it's beautiful. What are you doing now? Tell everybody what you're doing now. Now I'm doing a lot of things with rescue horses. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of things with um, kind of using the rescue horses to rescue the humans. Mm. I'm very excited about doing that, showing mm. people how um, animals and horses can create a second chance. So mm. that's really exciting. I'm documenting that. I'm also still actively competing. Yeah. So I'm excited next week. I go to Rodeo All-Star in Denver. So I'm going to be competing there and um, always actively pursuing, you know, that's my, my growth and contribution is training new animals and, mm. and through that, that's my fulfillment. So the more that I can add value in other places, I can take that free time and block off and mm. go, okay, listen, I need this time to work with these horses and play with these animals because that's what you know is my lifeblood is mm -hmm. to to continue that. So in the future, I just hope to be speaking and yeah. um, just adding value back to people and showing them how to put one foot in front of the other. You do it because you have. I'm telling you, you have one of the all-time great stories to do it. And I think there's a power to somebody that's doing it or has lived it. And by the way, she's also arrived to a place in her life where her business is flourishing, her social media is flourishing, she's still competing, she's got into her now a great marriage. Like there's all these wonderful things happening in your life. I'm so really happy for you. Thank you. What advice, I mean we have a couple more minutes, but if I didn't do this, I would feel like I made a mistake for our audience. There's millions of people, by the way, Max Out Universe, Get on her social media, find out where her schedule is, and get out to an event too. Like, yeah. go see this woman compete. Let's get, let's support her. Let's get to events. Let's make noise. Let's like rally up part of the universe. What do you call your followers? Have like a name too. They right? do. What They're they? all Flomies. Flomies. What's up, Flomies? Flomies. <laughs> and by the way, all the Flomies that are listening to this yes. or watching, follow me on Instagram <laughs> or social media. I will inspire you every day and I will help you. So Flomies, come to me. I can't wait to share your stuff with uh, my social media. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for mine to see you. <laughs> and uh, and so this is going to be wonderful. But the 
I guess I think the thing that I would want people to know is like I have somebody in front of me who's achieved at so many different levels because the guys and then after this she went on and became she competed for a little while in the fitness arena like she's done all kinds of stuff that we can't fit into the window today two questions to finish because I feel like I, I want to ask you both things how important have your parents been to you so life. insanely mm. instrumental. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always encourage people because I realize that I'm probably in the minority of people that have um, parents that were married for 56 years and um, you know have that kind of encouragement. I mm -hmm. think that that's the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway for me when I help someone is I'm understanding they don't have that same support, yeah. but you can get that same support mm -hmm. from just like the Max Out universe. Yeah. You've got people around you that are like-minded, yeah. that want to help you, that want to see other people win. Yeah. Not everybody's going to want to see you win. Right. Not every single person is excited for your journey yeah. because you're going to prove a lot of their beliefs wrong. Mm -hmm. So be around people that really believe that if you do all of the things necessary to really get some lift off the ground of the mm -hmm. things you want to achieve, those people are going to just propel you to the next level. Yeah. So being a part of something is really important. That's why I created this. It's like I want our community supporting each other. That's why I do all this stuff of like, hey, comment on my stuff, get in there. I want you commenting on each other's stuff. I want you liking each other's stuff. I want you knowing what each other do and supporting each other because you're exactly right. Most people don't have parents like you have or that I have. They don't, they don't have people in their life that are supporting. So you have to go find those people. Right. And in my case, I've created that environment for you to find those people. And then I bring on amazing people like you too. So last question, um, if you and I, you know, this has been a blessing for me as I've told you, but if one of my listeners said, could I get like five minutes and a cup of coffee with you, right? Or could we go on a ride for five minutes and they could ask you something? Most of them would say, and I know we've covered a lot of it, but you're just like, there's so much still that we didn't even get to. And they said, I wanna make my dream come true. And I'm at this place where I'm not doing it. I've, I've tried and I failed, I tried and I failed, or um, I don't have support around me. What would you just say to somebody who's like, I got a dream too, and you've inspired me today. What would be just a couple things you would share with them if they met you like I got to? What would you share with them that they should be doing and thinking? I would tell them to write it down, the craziest mm -hmm. thing. Let your mind wander to the craziest place it could go. Mm. because we limit ourselves so much mm. and we limit ourselves by those beliefs that aren't true. Mm. Writing down if you had just an endless supply of money and all the time in the world what it is that you would do mm. and then break it down to what if you had almost no time? What would you regret that you haven't done? What's that big regret? What's that regret? Mm. And then attack that thing first. Wow. Go there wow. and when the brain starts to kind of work its way around mm. what if this thing could actually be possible? Mm the other little stuff comes along. It's so yeah. crazy when you, when you focus on fixing yourself and loving yourself, mm. all of a sudden that standard shift. Yeah. Like, oh, I think more about my checkbook. I think more about my, how my spouse is treating me. Mm. I think more about the people I keep around me and how they speak to me. Mm. I think more about what I get up and get dressed like in the morning. You know, there was a time where it was sweatpants and it was just like, if I left my house, it'd be a miracle. Because mm. I was so depressed and mm. in such a place. And now it's like, no, there's a standard for how I want to present myself to a group of people. And however they think about that is their own problem. Mm. That's their own belief system. So mm. I think just narrowing it down to what's that one big thing. Let's not leave this planet regretting something that we haven't tried. <sighs> and you will fail. And that's okay. That's the biggest lesson. The biggest mm. lesson is in the failure. Oh my gosh. Like 2013 for you, right? Every time. I think your whole, I picture this day today of the whole story of this little girl who turns pro at, you know, seven years old and then has this amazing life, but then I picture you taking that first step down the hallway that you've got to walk back and forth, right? And it's amazing to me to think that first step you took that day to get to the end of the hallway and back, 
that step eventually led to you being the world champion back on a horse. The smallest thing, it gets me emotional all mm -hmm. over again. It's those, nothing's ever done in these huge moments. Mm -hmm. Nobody's gonna run up to you and go, I've got a million dollar idea, or mm -hmm. I'm gonna help you win a world title. Mm -hmm. It's this little like saying yes to the lady that said you can get up but you might die. Or mm -hmm. saying yes to, yeah, I might try that thing. Or saying yes to, well, do you wanna give this another shot? Mm -hmm. It's little tiny things. Saying yes to a first date with somebody you thought would never like you. Saying yes to mm -hmm. a job that you think you're not qualified for. Saying yes to, it's not these huge moments. Mm -hmm. It's those little tiny ones. Just that mm -hmm. one step, that one little step. <sighs> I don't want this to end, this sucks. <laughs> I don't want it to be over, it's too good. You're extraordinary. Thank you. But, but no, you're extraordinary. <laughs> And today was remarkable. Like, I'll be honest with you. I came in today, it wasn't the best day ever for me. And like, <laughs> it's the best day ever Same. for me. Like, <laughs> I'm serious. I just, everybody, please follow this woman. I'm so rooting for you. Like, Thank I you. am so impressed and blown away. And I know all of you are too. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having me I, so much. I loved it. It's just. Thank you. Max was, out. Max out. So you guys, <laughs> speaking of maxing out, reminder. You have to share this show. Don't go away yet. Listen, you have to share this show with people, people you love, people you care about, people who you believe in. They need to hear this story. They need to hear my stuff too. And so that's why every day, remember, I want to connect with you. Would you do a 15-minute call with one of my people? Of course. Okay, awesomeness. So guess what, you guys? I run the Max Out 2-Minute Drill every single day on Instagram. What that means is when I make a post within the first two minutes on Instagram, if you make a comment in the first two minutes, you get into a daily drawing every single day. I read the comments, I reply to people, I like them, but I also pick a winner every day. And that winner gets a coaching call with me, with one of my guests, you get one with Fallon now, Max Out Gear, tickets to see me speak, my book, all kinds of cool stuff. So get engaged in the community, read other people's comments. But the first two minutes, make a comment, you're in a daily drawing. If you miss the first two minutes, because your notifications aren't turned on, turn those on, then if you just make a comment at any time, every day, it could be six hours later, but you make a comment every day on my five or six posts I make during the week, we pick a winner at the end of the week who just stays engaged with me every day. Here's a clue. I post between like 7.30 a.m. Pacific and 8 a.m. Pacific, which is 10.30 and 11 Eastern a.m. every day, so you kind of know when I'm coming at you. Engage with me there so you can connect with these great guests. Follow Fallon on Instagram. Follow me if you're not. Engage in the Max Out Two Minute Drill, and God bless you, and max out your life. This is the Ed Milet Show.